0: Hey, I lost my license. That's why I'm on the bus. I'm delivering pizzas. What makes you think I care? Shut up! I I was just telling you that because, like I said, I lost my license. I've just been having a lot of problems lately. Problems?
1: I don't want to hear about your damn problems. Everybody got problems. My mama got problems. She just lost her leg. My cousin Pookie just lost her testicle. My dog just threw up somebody's finger. That's a problem. I really regret opening my mouth and talking to you.
2: Hi, everybody. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. I use that clip from Talladega Nights. I wonder if Donald Jr. uh, regrets opening up in his mouth and talking to that lady from Russia it seems that that's all anybody wants to talk about on the radio today uh, but you know what uh, there's a lot more going on and there's a lot of that going on and we're gonna talk a lot about it but before I uh, before I dig into the juicy stuff of this week let me introduce myself my name is Ed Hoffman president wholesale capital corporation your direct mortgage lender Located down here in Southern California, offices everywhere. We're licensed in California, Arizona, a couple states in the works, other states in the works. So, If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and there are fantastic opportunities in real estate, all you got to do is be looking for them. Uh, call, and if you, need, if you need financing for those opportunities, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, day or night. Toll-free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me, but you don't want to talk on the phone, you don't want me to hear your voice, or you don't want anyone in your office to hear your voice because you're stealing time from your boss, wait for your government-mandated 15-minute break. Don't smoke a cigarette. Instead, go to WCCLoans.com. Click on the, you can find all kinds of mortgage information, but then go to the loan center, click on there and click apply. Now, give me as much information as you want me to have and tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear back from either myself or one of my, uh, talented teammates and we'll uh, help fill in the, uh, fill in the uh, missing pieces to your, financing puzzle you know if uh and if you don't you know you could tell us hey i want to be uh called at this time on my cell phone or i want to be called i want to send me an email to my private email or whatever the case smoke signals telegraph dashes and dots we do it all maybe i'm i'm joking there we really don't do telegraph um at least i know what telegraph is and if you want to email me first ed hoffman at wcc loans Ed Hoffman, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N at W-C-C-L-O-A-N-S dot com I see some people spell Ed Hey, Ed, E-D-D it's E-D H-O-F-F-M-A-N let's see, where did I leave off if there's any part of the show you want uh, repeated you can go to EdHoffman.net EdHoffman.net click on uh, the podcast page you can hear uh, this show as well as several past shows on demand at any time, you can also get the main event podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes where you can uh, subscribe for free, have it download automatically once a week to your uh, iPad, your iPod, your iPhone, your iWatch, your eyeballs, uh, your computer, anything anything that you can listen to podcasts on. I'm sure there's some devices I haven't heard about that you can get your podcast. You probably get on your TV now, except for I just don't broadcast a picture. Maybe I should start because I know you got these smart TVs that they got all these apps on them. I just put a TV in a room that doesn't have a cable box anymore because the cable box that was in there from when my kids lived at home was analog or, I don't know, wasn't digital. And I went to, uh, called the uh, Time Warner or Spectrum, whatever they're called. You don't need a cable box. just You got a smart TV in there? Yeah. Just download the app. Okay. Nobody sleeps in there very often, but just in case. Just in case. I'll have to figure out how to download the app to your TV. This is new, new technology for an old guy like me. So uh, be sure to connect with the show on social media. Follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all week long. Sometimes more than others. Sometimes I'm really riled up and I want to tweet and I'm just too tired because uh, the day beat me up mentally. And uh, sometimes I just have to because I'm the new, the, whatever's happening riles me up. Roused me up and said, okay, I'm coming away from, I'm getting, I'm rising from the dead. I'm going to tweet, you know, like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash the main event Ed Hoffman. So let's talk about what's going on. Let's talk about this week. The focus of the Russian collusion story has shifted to Donald Trump Jr. There are no spent, there are so many details about this. It's bound to cause confusion. Uh, So let's break down the specifics of this long, boring story. Uh, but it seems to be that's all they're talking about. First we learned about this was last weekend when it surfaced Donald Jr. met with the Russian lawyer Natalia Veselnitskaya on June 9th, 2016. And if I said that wrong, you try it. Uh, under the guise that she would be give damning information on Hillary Clinton and the Democratic National Committee to help her, his father's campaign. Seems reasonable. Someone calls him up, says, hey, I got some information. I know for a lot of my listeners, also listen to Rush Limbaugh. You may have heard uh, Rush calling her the honeypot this week. I think it's because he can't pronounce Veselnitskaya. So I'll just call her the honeypot too because it's uh, easier as well. Historically, honeypot or Honey Trap is a Russian female who uses her good looks to get information from foreign men, usually Americans or Europeans. I think good looks are kind of a universal thing, doesn't matter what nationality they are but i guess it's used as a russian thing. uh i think that's a i think that's a get smart a get smart uh uh reference. anyway, uh she's either a spy or some kind of asset to the russian government. Now we don't know for sure what this lawyer is. She denies it, but it makes sense that eh, it could be. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows if any of this russian stuff has any any bearing on anything? I see uh, Trump and Putin get together and shake hands and have a little conversation and two hours later they've got a ceasefire in Syria and uh, you know I see, hey, you know what they want their country to survive. We want our country to survive. I don't think either one of us is trying to take over the other. We're just trying to keep everybody from from attacking each other. Hey, you don't attack us because we're gonna we're gonna whip your butt and they say, hey, we're not afraid of you. okay, great. We're both in the same spot. Okay, we continue. The meeting was arranged by a publicist named Ron Goldstone, whose client, Russian singer Emin Agalarov, hope I said that right, who's also the son of Russian oligarch who knows the Trump family through the Miss Universe pageant. As it turns out, President Trump appeared on one of Emin's music videos in 2013. Most of you know if you follow me on, if you see my Facebook or uh, or tweets that I'm a Stix fan also a Beatles fan, also Eagles fan, as well as a whole bunch of other ones, but I don't have anything on my iPod or my iTunes with Emin on it. I had to watch this on a music video. Here's a little piece of it that has Donald Trump in it.
1: Wake him up right now. Emin, wake up. Come on what's wrong with you what's wrong with you emin emin let's get with it you're always late you're just another pretty face i'm really tired of you you're fired
2: you know this guy uh it sounded kind of like a share a share video to me uh from the 80s uh believe you know it had kind of that that techno sound to it uh it had a good beat i'd give it a six um oh that's american bandstand uh American bandstand ref, uh, reference. For those of you that are under uh, under 40, you probably don't know what that is. But that was a Dick Clark thing. Uh, but anyway, uh, so let's recap where we've been so far. Donald Jr. receives an email from Rob Goldstone, someone he knew, knows as a publicist from a Russian singer, Emin. unlike Hillary, who claims she couldn't release any of her suspicious emails, Donald Jr. released his entire email chain. Here's a transcript from June 3rd, 2016. Remember, June 3rd, this is... This is uh 5 months before the election. <clears throat> Things aren't really getting heated up, but you know, by then by then was Trump was probably not even the the uh presumptive nominee yet. We probably knew that he was going to be, but uh I don't think he actually clinched it until July or the beginning of August. It was like a couple of weeks before the uh convention and that was in August. But uh Goldstone says Emin just called and asked me to contact you with something very interesting. The crown prosecutor of Russia met with his father, Eris, this morning and in their meeting offered to provide the Trump campaign with some official documents and information that would incriminate Hillary and her dealings with Russia would be very useful for your father. This is obviously very high level and sensitive information, but is part of Russia and its government support for Mr. Trump, helped along by Eris and Emin. What do you think is the best way to handle this information? And would you be able to speak with Emin about it directly? I can also send this info to your father via Rona, which we assume is Rona Graf, his longtime executive assistant. But it's ultra sensitive, so I wanted to send it to you first. So Donnie Jr. says, Thanks, Rob. I appreciate that. I'm on the road at the moment, but perhaps I just speak with Emin first. Seems Seems we have some time, and if it's what you say, I love it especially later in the summer. Could we could we do a call first thing next week when I'm back? Russia, Russia, Russia.
3: Marsha, Marsha, Marsha.
2: Russia, Russia, Russia.
3: Marsha, Marsha, Marsha.
2: Russia,
1: Russia, Russia.
3: Marsha, Marsha, Marsha.
2: So, you know, quite frankly, this seems like a bunch of bunch to do about nothing. And, uh, you know, it's like, hey, okay, sure. I'll listen to it. Call me when I get back. Okay, whatever. The media is running away with the part where he says, I love it. Oh, what would you say? That's uh, to me, it's saying, hey, you know what? I'm not blowing you off, but I'm on the road. You know, if, you know, if what's he saying is, hey, I love it. Cool. Rock and roll, baby. Um, you know, he could have said a hey, uh, groovy or bitching or something, uh, something uh, really uh, uh, fat, yo, tight. Uh, I'm trying to think of, uh, hey, that's the, hey, would it be better if he would have said, hey, you know what? If it's what you say, that's the bomb, man. Okay, whatever. The media is running away with the I love it part of Don's, Don Jr.'s reply.
3: Check out what Don Jr. in part replied. Thanks, Rob. I appreciate that. If it's what you say, I love it. He said, if it's what you say, I love it especially later in the summer. So not only did he seem willing to accept the help of the Russian government or what he saw as the help of the Russian government, uh, but that he was already thinking about the timing of this because later in the summer is when the presidential campaign, the general election against Hillary Clinton really kicked
0: into high gear. At 10.53 the same morning, less than 20 minutes later, Don Jr. responds to Rob Goldstone and among other things says, if it's what you say, I love it. So that disabuses everyone of this idea that he did not know, A, what might be coming. He may not know in the specific uh, content, but he did know it was information gleaned by the Russian government in support of Donald Trump's presidency that he wanted to hand over to Donald Trump Jr., number one, and number two, uh, that, that there was no surprise about who this, where this was coming from, that it was official <laughs> government information.
2: Oh, and by the way, if if you bring a bottle of Russian Standard, I love it too. And uh, you know, if you bring a box of Lucky Charms, I love that too and or even a pizza from Pizza Factory, I love that too. Oh my god. Oh, and for those of you that don't know what Russian Standard is, that's like the greatest vodka ever. I don't care about you say, "Hey, you know that that uh that French Grey Goose, that's great." Hey, that's what I usually drink until I learned about Russian Standard. And, uh, you know, you got the kettle one, and then you got, uh, you girly men that drink that, uh, P Diddy stuff, that Chirac, that's vodka made out of grapes. That's not even vodka. Okay. But, uh, you know, if you bring a bottle of Russian standard, there's a little vodka reference for you, for you, uh, c- cocktail drinkers. But anyway, uh, Hey, you know what he's, uh, Hey, you know, if you, they're making a big deal out of the fact that he said, I love it. Come on. Is this news? I hope you guys, I hope you guys listen to this and you, oh my, and you know, the reason I bring this up, because some of you guys blow this off and some of you guys listen to it, but there's people at work that go, well, did you hear about Donald Jr.? He's in conspiracies. He's he's committing espionage. He's, I think Trump's in trouble. This is all a bunch of BS. It's a, uh, I, I hate to use nothing burger, but it sounds like a nothing burger. Now, everyone's using that thing. This is a nothing burger. You know what uh, Brooke, my uh, publicist, says? Oh, we used to call those a salt sandwich. You know, two pieces of bread with nothing in between. We used to call them mayonnaise sandwiches or mustard and mayonnaise or ketchup sandwiches. Or, uh, you know, for those of you that grew up not in an affluent house, sometimes sometimes you want a sandwich and there's just nothing to put between the bread. Okay, so anyway, Goldstone uh, responds a few days later. What day was it? It was uh, four days later, on June seventh. Rob Goldstone says, "Hope all is well." Emin asked that I schedule a meeting with you and the Russian government attorney, who's flying over from Moscow for thir- From Moscow for this Thursday. And here's the the Russian government attorney. That's a big key key thing in there. I would have read through it on my email, not even taking any notice of that. I believe you are aware of the meeting and so wondered if 3 p.m. or later on Thursday works for you. I assume it would be at your office. Don Jr. says, how about three at our office? Thanks, Rob, Appreci- appreciate you helping set it up. It'll likely be Paul Manafort, who was the campaign boss at the time. My brother-in-law, Jared Kushner, and M.E., 725 Fifth Avenue, 25th floor. Hey, he just disclosed the address of Trump Tower. Okay, it's not hard to find. Don Jr. then forwarded the whole email exchange to Manafort and Kushner, which is a typical thing to do when you're setting up a meeting and you want those other two guys to know about it, with the subject heading Russia, Clinton, private and confidential. So it appears he did believe this lawyer would have some dirt on Hillary. So what? But according to both Donald Jr. and the lawyer, the majority of their June 9th meeting was spent discussing the Magnitsky Act, a U.S. law that enables our government to impose sanctions on Russian officials who are accused of human rights violations. In 2012, the Kremlin was so outraged by the Menitsky Act that it banned Americans from adopting Russian children. Hmm. So apparently there was some Russian children being adopted and people were using... The act of doing that to traffic kids, or maybe they were selling kids for people who wanted to adopt and they were taking money on the side. Whatever. So they banned, they banned, uh, Americans being able to adopt Russian kids. Hey, you know what happens when you adopt a Russian kid, you adopt a little baby from Russia and you bring them over here. They grow up American. I don't know. Just my thoughts. Anyway. Uh, so here's the honeypot lawyer. Uh, that Natalia, uh, whatever her name is, telling NBC News her side of the story about the meeting. They had the impression, it appears, that they were going to be told some information that you had about the DNC. How did they get that impression?
3: It's quite possible that maybe they were looking for such information. They wanted it so badly.
2: And this morning, she denies claims. She is connected to a Russian government effort to aid Donald Trump's presidency. Have you ever worked for the Russian government? uh do you have connections to the Russian government
3: Yep. no
2: well, I guess that says it all yeah so uh, hey, maybe they had the impression well, she really wasn't in on that conversation. It was some uh publicist for Emin that had the conversation, and maybe they didn't they didn't know what was going on so uh so she comes over they talk about some uh some gibberish. Uh doesn't really know where it's going, and they say, okay, see ya. And now this is news. This is news a year later. Next, Donald Jr. released a public statement on Tuesday. It says, to everyone, in order to be complete, totally transparent, I'm releasing the entire chain of my emails with Rob Goldstone about the meeting on June 9, 2016. The first email was on June third, was from Rob, who related a request from Emin, a person I knew from the 2013 Miss Universe pageant near Moscow. Emin and his father have a very highly resected company. I think I think he uh, has a typo, but this is how, what he put on his uh, on his public statement. I think it means to say respected company in Moscow. The information they suggested they had about Hillary Clinton, I thought, was political opposition research. I first wanted to have a phone call, but then that didn't work out. They said the woman would be would be in New York City and asked if I would meet. I decided to take the meeting. The woman had, as she has said publicly, was not a government official. As we have said, she had no information to provide and wanted to talk about the adoption policy and the Minnitsky Act. To put in context, this occurred before the current Russian fever was in vogue. As Rob Goldstone said, said just today in the press, the entire meeting was the most inane nonsense I've ever heard. I was, t- I was actually agitated by it. So, uh, you know, as Matt Foley would say, Lottie freaking da." MSNBC had something, something called a justice and security analyst called named Matthew Miller on Monday, and he gleefully told the morning host, Joe and Mika, who are ex-Republicans, I don't think she ever were Republicans, uh, that Donald Jr. should go to jail, but listen to his reasoning why.
1: It is a crime to solicit or accept anything of value from a foreign national in a campaign. Now, it, it, the thing of value has never come up in this context before because we've never had a campaign like this that potentially colluded with a foreign government. But in other contexts, in, in bribery cases and extortion cases, thing of value has been has been defined as not. It doesn't have to be money. It has to be something tangible, but not money. It could be potentially accepting information. So he's, you know, potentially, com, uh, you know, confessing in this statement to committing a crime. And I think if you're Bob Mueller, you're going to look at that, and you're going to look at the lies.
2: Well, quite frankly, I consider myself a justice and security analyst as well, and I think you're full of it. Oh, if Bob Mueller could consider that, could consider that a thing of value, or it could be, I think maybe, maybe Donald Jr. is going to go to jail. Ridiculous, ridiculous. Tuesday night, Donald Jr. went on Hannity to defend himself.
1: Someone sent me an email. I can't help what someone sends me you know i read it i responded accordingly and if there was something interesting there i think it's pretty common what about the timeline of this this is pre for example wikileaks and the well, DNC emails this is pre like russia fever this is pre-russia mania you know this is 13 months ago before i think the rest of the world was uh talking about that trying to build up this narrative about russia so i don't even think my sirens you know went up or the antennas went up at yeah. this time, because of it, because it wasn't the issue that it's been made out to be over the last, you know, nine months, ten months, uh, since it really became a thing. So I think there is an element of context to that. At the time, it wasn't this big news story.
2: I would agree. Seems reasonable to me. Uh, I think there's a, I think there's nothing here. And guess what? Hillary's campa- pa- campaign did the exact same thing with the Ukraine government, and no one has a problem with it. Here's a political story from January. Donald Trump wasn't the only presidential campaign who's boasted who boosted who was boosted by officials of a former Soviet bloc country. Ukrainian government officials tried to help Hillary Clinton and undermine Trump by publicly questioning his fitness for office. They also disseminated documents implicating a top Trump aide in corruption and suggested that they were investigating the matter, only to back away after the election. And they helped Clinton allies research damaging information on Trump and his advisors, a political investigation fo- found. A Ukraine American operative was, was consulting for the DNC, met, who was consulting for the DNC, met with top officials in the Ukraine embassy in Washington in an effort to expose ties between Trump, top campaign aide, aide Paul Manafort in Russia, according to the people with direct knowledge of the situation. Hmm. So a Ukraine-American operative Consulting for the DNC met with top officials, so they sent they sent an operative over from the DNC. No, they sent someone from the DNC to meet with a Ukraine-American operative at the Ukraine embassy in Washington. Donald Trump Jr. said, hey, come on by. I'll listen to you. What the heck? The Ukraine efforts had an impact in the race, helping to force Manafort's resignation and advancing the narrative that Trump's campaign was deeply connected to Ukraine's foe to East Russia. Um, it's amazing to me that this stuff happens and and nobody cares about it. Nobody thinks this is a problem for Hillary, but it's a problem for Trump. Nobody cares about the fact that uh, Hillary made a deal with uh, brokered a deal as Secretary of State and uh, basically gave 20 of our Ukrainian to a company called of our uranium to a company called Uranium One, owned by the Russian government, and in the process stuck a hundred. She got. Direct donations from the people involved in it of 140some million dollars into the Clinton Foundation. I don't know. Nobody seems to think that the fact that uh, the Clinton Foundation uh, uh, stole 80 million dollars of the American people's money that went to the Clinton Foundation to help the people of Haiti, and it just disappeared. But they care about it when Trump's kid. Talks to someone and says, okay, I'll listen to you. Come on by and it's a nothing. We're going to talk about Senate confirmation of, of Christopher Ray as FBI director next, but let's hear one part of it now. Lindsey Graham asking uh, Christopher Ray about about this. Graham read the entire political story out loud and then asked Ray this. Have you ever heard of those allegations before?
0: I, I have not, Senator. I have no idea if they're true, but would you agree with me if they are
1: true,
3: that is wrong for the Ukraine to be involved in our elections?
0: Yes, Senator. I, I take any... I got you. That's a good answer. Okay. Will you look into this? I'd be happy to, to dig into Thank it. Thank you. If All right.
2: And, uh, you know, while we're talking about... So you can see this is... Hey, let's... If you heard the rest... We're going to talk about the, the Senate co- confirmation of, uh, of the, uh, the new FBI director right after the break. But, you know, while we're talking about Lindsey Graham, uh, apparently uh, there was another little thing on uh, Sunday. Senator Graham, I'll leave it there. Only you you. are willing to (laughs) spend your birthday uh, with us on Sunday morning. Happy birthday, Senator! Thank you. I get a reverse mortgage now. (laughs) Yes, Very nice. Okay. Hey, Senator Graham, you're 62 now, you can get a reverse mortgage if you need one. 855-640-2020. Hey, I've got Trump's reaction coming up after the break and then we'll get on to the FBI director's hearing, but I'm all out of time for part one of the main event. Don't go away, five minutes of traffic, commercials and weather, and we'll be right back with part two, don't go away. Hi everybody, this is Ed Hoffman and welcome back to part two of the main event. I don't talk much about mortgages on uh, on the radio but if you need one uh, call wholesale capital call me at 855-640-2020 if you need to refinance you need to purchase you need a reverse mortgage reverse mortgage that is the hot ticket right now uh, baby boomers coming out of the coming out of the closet hey i got i got equity in my house but i don't have as much money as i hoped i would at retirement plan Retirement, what can you do for me? Uh, reverse mortgage is a, is a really, really, really good good program to enhance your lifestyle. 855-640-2020. Hey, don't forget our uh, our main event listener hotline where you can leave me a voicemail. Tell me what you think of the show. Tell me what you think of me. Tell me what you think about anything I'm talking about. Everybody's entitled to my opinion. And uh, this time I want to hear yours. Uh, and I just might play your uh, your show. Oh, let me give you the number. 855-640-2020. 92, 855 640 I just might play your message on the show like this.
1: Yes, I thoroughly enjoy your show. Plus, you have a sense of humor, which is needed. And you uh, express the thoughts that should be put forth. I thank you very much. Continue your
2: good work. Or this one.
3: Hi, oh my gosh, I'm listening to a replay, so I don't know if you've just splurged, and this is Sunday, the 9th, and usually you're on from 3 to 4, I'm in L.A., and um, now I'm hearing you again from 6 to 7, that's fantastic, because I've always thought, oh my, why are you only on one hour a week? That's ridiculous. Uh, I go between you and the Rush Limbaugh replay on on the weekend, and so... um, you're really worth listening to and i like your chutzpah
2: hey uh janet and fred keep on listening appreciate your comments and uh i'll try to get on i'll try to make it more than more than one hour as soon as uh as soon as uh the you know the the station starts uh contracting me to do that stuff you know uh so we were talking about before the break again if you want to make that comment comment on that 8556402092 uh to leave a comment on the show. Um before the break we were talking talking about all the Russia stuff and all the stuff with uh with uh, Donald Trump Jr. all the all the the nothingness. Here was Trump's uh, reaction to it that he uh that he said the end of the week.
1: Most people would have taken that meeting. It's called opposition research or even research into your opponent. I've had many people I have only been in politics for 2 years But I've had many people call up, oh, gee, we have information on this factor or this person or, frankly, Hillary. Uh, That's very standard in politics. Politics is not the nicest business in the world, but it's very standard where they have information and you take the information. In the case of Don, uh, he listened. Uh, I guess they talked about, as I see it, they talked about adoption and some things. Uh, Adoption wasn't even a part of the campaign. Uh, But nothing happened from the meeting. Zero happened from the meeting. And honestly, I think the press made a very big deal over something that really a lot of people would do. Now, the uh, lawyer that went to the meeting, I see that she was in the halls of Congress also. Uh, Somebody said that her visa or her passport to come into the country was approved by Attorney General Lynch. Now, maybe that's wrong. I just heard that a little while ago, but a little surprised to hear that. So she was here because of Lynch. Uh, So again, I have a son who's a great young man. He's a fine person. He took a meeting with a lawyer from Russia. Uh, It lasted for a very short period and nothing came of the meeting. And I think it's a meeting that most people in politics probably would have taken.
2: Yeah, I like I like Trump's. Uh, hey, you know what? This is a nothing thing. It's no big deal. Blah blah blah. Um, you know, you hear some of the people on TV on uh, the Communist News Network or PMSNBC saying saying I don't think that Trump is going to last. I don't think the Trump administration is going to last through its first term. I think uh, I don't think they. I think they underestimate Donald Trump. Is just letting this stuff roll off his roll off his back like uh, water on the back of a duck. So. Uh, so I you know, and i would I would take take notice, of, hey let's uh, when he said, "Hey, Loretta Lynch let her in, she had a uh, apparently had a uh, a visa to come in for some court case in uh, September through November of the previous year, and then she didn't have a visa, so they allowed her some uh, a B1 visa or some kind of a visa just to come in for June for that meeting. Did the Democrats set this up? I don't know. Is Loretta Lynch, the former attorney general, capable of doing something for a political reason? I don't know. Uh, You know, all all, uh, facts that we see would indicate, yes, she is. Okay, so anyway, just think about this stuff. You got to think about this stuff. Watch what's on TV and just think about the logic of it. Does any of this stuff make sense? That's the difference. If you watch Fox and you don't think about it, Pretty much, Fox gives you both sides, so you have to think about it. But if you watch the Communist News Network or the PMSNBC, and you listen to that stuff, and you don't and you don't think about it, don't process this through your your common sense, you might just be a Democrat. <laughs> so anyway, the Senate confirmation hearing for the FBI director Christopher Ray was on uh, Wednesday. Uh, you know, to re- to replace James Comey. Um, most of most of the questions were on the on the Russia story. Of course, Al Franken uh, was one of those that did this. Did the Ukraine, or Ukraine rather,
0: hack uh, the RNC's database? Did they hack Kellyanne Conway? Uh, Did did the Clintons want to build a hotel in Kiev? I think there's a big difference here, and we know what Russia did, and that's... um, that's a big deal, and thank you for saying that part of your job is uh, is uh, is making sure it doesn't happen again.
2: Well, I don't think anybody knows what Russia did. Everyone thinks they know what Russia did, and the biggest deal that I keep saying over and over, you know what? I voted for Trump. I never heard from the Russians. I made my decision, and uh, you know, America made that decision. Russia didn't. I don't think we've ever heard anybody say, well, you know, if I hadn't heard from the Russian government or if I hadn't heard, seen that clip, there's no one thing people can nail it on other than Hillary Clinton was a loser. And a criminal, and uh if I have time I'll go over one other piece that you probably you guys probably haven't heard about about what a criminal she is, but I'll add that to our uh, if I see if I can finish the rest of the show first before I mention that because I can make that a whole another part so uh Franken continued this time wasting line of questioning by asking Ray about his opinion of the pre- his predecessor James Comey
0: you've known Jim Comey for a long time and you've worked alongside him, and you You know a good number of people at the FBI back from your time at the Justice Department. Is that your experience talking to them? Well, Senator, obviously I haven't done a scientific sampling of the 36,000 men and women of the FBI. Why not? (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. I appreciate your patience with me on that one. But uh, but all the people that I've spoken with at the FBI... um, from senior people down to rank and file people, strike me as the same FBI I've always known and loved, which is people who are mission-focused, who believe in what they're doing, uh, who are gonna follow the facts and the law wherever it takes them. Uh, They've got their head down, their spirit up, and they're charging ahead. Now, if there's somebody somewhere who feels differently, that that could be, but I haven't met those people recently. And you don't think Director Comey is a nut job, right? Uh, That's never been my experience with it. Yeah, okay
2: yeah I think I think Al Franken's in that job. I think Stuart Smalley should go back to Saturday Night Live where uh, his uh, his talents would be better used because he is in that job. And here's Richard Blumenthal who called dr uh, who t- called uh, Donald Trump jr. a traitor this week and he should be charged under the Espionage Act, wasting more more of Ray's time about Russia.
0: In your view, is obstruction of justice a serious crime? Absolutely. Is your view that lying to the FBI is a serious crime? Absolutely. And both should be investigated vigorously if there's evidence that they occurred? Yes. To your knowledge, is there evidence that there has been perjury or obstruction of justice in connection with the investigation into Russian interference in our elections 2016? I don't have knowledge to that effect, Senator, but I I think Special Counsel Mueller would have jurisdiction over that.
2: Yep, what a waste of time! You, whenever you hear any of these, any of these uh, nominees from, and you, and they're speculating that that Trump during his term could probably put as many as four more uh, Supreme court nominees up for the Supreme court be based on how old everybody is in the Supreme court. Uh, all the justices, um, you know, what a waste of time you hear, you hear the Republicans asking, asking legitimate questions. What's your opinion on this? What's your opinion on that? And the re- and the Democrats, all they want to do is just slime on everything. They spend their time making statements, not asking questions or just asking stupid stuff. So, uh, Nobody uses exaggerations more like the liberals. Let's talk about that, the hyperbole this week. Um, there's plenty of it. It started on Monday when the liberal media outlets decided that president statesman-like speech in Poland last week was rife with white supremacy. Well, I mean, we played a little part of this this speech last week and talked about how how presidential I think he he sounded. Remember how the speech praised the virtues of Western civilization? civilization? That's the basis for their calm that he's talking about, white supremacy. White supremacy. Let's play that part.
1: We write symphonies. We pursue innovation. We celebrate our ancient heroes, embrace our timeless traditions and customs and always seek to explore and discover brand new frontiers. The fundamental question of our time is whether the West has the will to survive. Do we have the confidence in our values to defend them at any cost?
2: What he's basically saying is that America's great. We're the greatest country. We have the greatest ideas. We're the hardest working. We're the most innovative. And everything is is great about the way our country was founded. I think that's what he promised us, America first. Here's the reaction from PMSNBC and CNN, the Communist News Network.
1: He he threw in there, we write symphonies and that's what l- that triggered the alarm bells for me am i wrong in, in making this parallel between steve king president trump and, and and white nationalism trump
0: seemed to embody and enshrine that belief that the west should steal itself for a clash of civilizations with other cultures other beliefs which pretty much spelled out you know the muslim world so this is not a speech he could have given really anyplace else I and mean, this is a white America, America first kind of
2: speech. Amazing, amazing! Oh my God, we write symphonies, isn't that that caught my ear? What's wrong with that? He should have said, "Hey, you know, we create rap songs." You know what? Whatever. You know, I can't believe every. You know what? This is. I had a couple of uh, of Facebook arguments in the last week or two. And it's amazing when Democrats get to a point where they don't have a logical explanation, they pull the race card. They pull the race card. I have a friend of mine who happens to be black and uh, he lives in L.A. And uh, and I suspect he's a Democrat. Always have, but you know he's a great guy. He actually came to work for me for a little while after he did his retirement. Came back to decide he might want to be a loan officer. But him and his wife, him and his wife, I've done loans for him. I've done loans for his mom. I've done loans for his daughter. And uh, you know, over the fifteen or twenty years I've known him, we've never discussed the fact that he's black and I'm white. It's never come up. So I I responded to one of his posts on email, on uh, Facebook about he, he posted a thing about uh, make America great again. It had a had a picture of Donald Trump being arrested. You know, it was a Photoshop thing. And uh, and and I just said, I said, Ron, I'm disappointed in you. You know, why'd you what that you would post something like that? He goes, Well, I'm disappointed in you too. You know, Trump's not a good man. And we went on and on. We went we went back and forth a couple of times about our political beliefs and it and it never got heated. And it you know, we agreed to disagree. Hey, you're a Democrat, I'm a Republican, you know, you're not as smart as me. And uh is is my conclusion. He's not as smart as me, but he's still a great guy. You know, and that's kind of tongue in cheek there. You know, it's you're you got you got your feelings, I got my feelings. We never once brought up that he's black and I'm white. So uh, three months later, three months later, some uh, some lady responds to it and says, "Only a white man would make a comment like this." And the comment was, "I'm disappointed in you." And I just go, "Hey, you know what? I've known this guy for 20 years, maybe 15 years, maybe 20 years." I said, "I've helped, I've helped everybody in his family. We've never discussed that." that he's black and I'm white. It's funny that you come in here and you say that only a white man would do it indicating I'm a racist. And uh, and then I, I closed it with some uh, some remarks I can't read on the radio that basically, hey, with all due respect, GFY. So, because, uh, you know, I just don't like being called a racist. Uh, then I commented on something else a couple weeks later on a uh, Marino Valley politics matter in uh was that on Facebook or is that on Twitter? I don't know that people were talking about how Trump is obsessed with Obama. And I'm going to, well, you guys sound like you're obsessed with Obama, that that's all you guys keep talking about. You guys keep talking about this. And, and she made some racial thing to me that, and I say, hey, you know what? Uh, Disagreeing, you know, insulting, insulting a guy, a black guy, because he's he's got he because he's incompetent and he doesn't see America as as America is not racist. Insulting a woman because she's a criminal and she's a liar is not sexist. So you want to you want a black president? I'm happy with Herman Cain. I thought 999 was brilliant. You know, you want, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Ben Carson was on my top three when we had 17. I met him. I thought he was great. Alan West. You want a woman? Carly Fiorina was great. I thought she'd be the Iron Lady. You want a black woman? A Condoleezza Rice would be great. Get somebody who's smart and patriotic and intelligent. Just because they put Obama in there because he's smooth-talking and good-looking and he doesn't understand America, bottom line is he grew up in Indonesia. Even if you believe he was born in Hawaii, he still grew up in Indonesia. He doesn't see America as America. And I think that's the difference. Uh, hey, you know what? You guys just wanna tear down Obama's accomplishments. Wrong. Anyway, when the Democrats uh, run out of intelligent arguments, they pull the race card. So anyway, uh, here's here's some liberal, here's some liberal uh, hyperbole uh, from Bernie Sanders saying Republican healthcare will end up killing more people than 9-11.
0: Now, obviously, nobody can predict exactly how many people will die if they lose their coverage. Nobody can make that prediction. But what experts at the Harvard School of Public Health estimate is that if 23 million Americans were to be thrown off the insurance they currently have, which is what the House bill would do, up to up to 28,000 Americans every single year could die. That is nine times more than the tragic losses we suffered on 9-11 every single
2: year. Amazing. 28,000 people are going to die every single year. You know, if we, uh, if we drop a nuclear bomb, if somebody drops a nuclear bomb on us, you know how many people are going to die? You know, and if there's, a, if there's a, if the, a breakout of the plague, you know how many people are going to die? Every single year. You don't know squat about what's going to happen. We didn't have Obamacare before and people weren't dying any faster than they are now. And uh, we had insurance and the few people that couldn't get it. Eventually, the government ends up paying for it. It's not going to be the end of the world if we get rid of Obamacare. And quite frankly, for those of you that, that wonder if I'm just, I just support the Republican Party, whatever they say. I just report, I just support Trump, whatever he says. He doesn't think for himself. Guess what? I don't, I don't support the current GOP uh, health care bill. You know who I support? The guy with the goofy curly hair on top, Rand Paul, who says repeal. And don't replace. I've been saying the same thing for a long, long time. Repeal. We don't need a health care bill. Repeal. And and you know what? Some of them say. Hey, uh, Lindsey Graham said uh, today, Friday, said that. Uh, hey, uh, repeal it and give all the money that was for Obamacare and give it to the uh, give it to the states. Guess what? I don't support that either. Give it. Just give it to the fund to help people and let the insurance companies come back in, and let the free market uh, fix the healthcare system. Let them create insurance policies that make sense for people that will sell, that aren't too expensive, and actually give you coverage and let the American people decide what the best program is for them. Because quite frankly, I live in California. I don't want the state to have be in charge of our healthcare system because we got the dumbest idiots in Sacramento running our state. And we got the... the even, Stupider people that vote for these people, you know what you know how screwed up our 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 state's going to be if you let the the state government run things. You know what I'm proud when I'm across hey, I'm from California, man, we got the greatest I live an hour an hour from the beach and an hour from a ski mountain, not my ski mountain i ski mount i ski mammoth, so it's five hours, but I could go to Big Bear and ski an hour and an hour and drive home an hour and drive another hour to the beach. It's pretty cool. I could take three hours and go to the river, and I got a house in in uh, Arizona right next to uh, right next to the uh, right next to the Lake Mojave, so I could launch my boat over there. You know, it's a pretty cool location living in Southern California. And you know what? Quite frankly, if you can't spell USA, they should have a test. Do you know how to spell USA? Do you know how to spell FHA? Do you know who the first the first president of the United States was? If you can't answer those three questions, you don't get to vote. 75% of the people that vote would be disqualified. That's what I think, anyway. I could be wrong. I'm not, but I could be. And while we're on the subject of Bernie Sanders, uh, you know, uh, they're indicting his wife, uh, Jane Sanders... Think he's a Jetson. His wife Jane. His son Elroy. Anyway, uh, apparently she got indicted. Uh, I'm not going to go over the whole story, but apparently she got indicted for uh, defrauding a bank of 6.7 million dollars while she was the chancellor at some uh, some college, and apparently they got 6.7 million dollars out of the uh, this bank in order to build a uh, a building or a you know a separate school or something and i don't know the details maybe it didn't get maybe it didn't get uh built or maybe it did get built but they can't account for 6.7 million of however much money it can't be a very big building for 6.7 million so it must be a it must have been 100 million and 6.7 is mi- missing and maybe she pocketed it i don't know could someone married to bernie sanders be capable of such a thing I don't know, he ran for the democratic national uh uh nomination for president, and uh i just wonder i just wonder today, uh you know, are you interested in hearing about Hillary's damn emails now? No remember that uh debate I'm tired of hearing you hearing about your damn emails. He could have been the nominee that was a win she uh, Hillary Clinton walked over and shook his hand for that one acted so friendly, like, but I just wonder, Hey, you know what? She defrauded. I'll I'll go back into this again in case you weren't paying attention the first time. She defrauded a bank of $6.7 million and we indicted her and she might go to jail for that. But Hillary Clinton defrauded the American public of $140 million. Well, 140 million. They, she, she sold out 20% of our uranium of a, to a company named Uranium one. That's owned by the Russian government, and in the process, the players in that company, i.e., the r- Russian government, donated 140 million dollars to the Clinton the Clinton uh, Foundation, which basically pays consulting fees to to Bill and Hillary and Chelsea. I don't know. Does that sound like defrauding somebody? How about 80 million dollars defrauded on the American public that went to ClintonFoundation.org and donated money to help the people of Haiti when the earthquake? Uh, Leveled half the island. I don't know. I don't know what you think, but it sounds like maybe he's interested in their damn emails now. Remember, our guest from last week, Kyle Chapman, the base stick man, he explained that many of the violent protesters showing up at the universities lately are a group called Antifa, which stands for anti fascist, even they clearly don't know what, understand what fascism is. Well, this, uh, this week, Antifa announced that it's trying to crowdfund money for a gym in Chicago. Why? so they can have a place to learn martial arts for these rallies and attack conservatives. Listen to how they describe it.
3: The forces of fascist hate, intimidation, and violence are getting organized, and they have declared their targets. Yet everywhere we see people stuck in fearful uncertainty, sad despair, or impotent anger. To weather what's coming, we need to be organized. We need strength. We need to be able to defend ourselves and have each other's backs. For all these reasons, we propose an experiment in Chicago, to open an anti-fascist martial arts gym. We are the Breakaway Social Center, located in the Little Village neighborhood of Chicago. Our plan draws upon a rich history of self-defense against fascism, from the Jewish Berlin boxing club that rose up under Hitler, to the archipelago of anti-fascist gyms across Europe and Latin America today. Wherever fascism has risen, so too has the athletic spirit of self-defense. We want to take up this history while continuing to invent within it. We want to fight the politics of fear not by reacting to the latest threat, but by patiently building up powerful networks in neighborhoods where it cannot take root. Gyms have great potential because they involve empowerment and physical self-knowledge. They are places where we expose our weaknesses before others and turn them into a source of shared strength.
2: Wake up, everybody. The the opposition to America is preparing for the eventual uh, overthrow. Keep your eyes open. Keep your brain open. I'm all out of time for this uh, episode of The Main Event. Thanks for listening to The Main Event. My name's Ed Hoffman. I'll be back again with you next week.
3: The content of this program is not intended to be the news express are those of Ed Hoffman and invited guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of Wholesale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate. Broker license number 01147747 and California Finance Lenders license number
2: 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. MB number 096199.